0: Welcome to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, episode 69. I'm C.C. Broadus, joined by Alan Schneider, America's podcast sweetheart. Alan, how are you doing?
1: (laughs) That was funny and unexpected. I'm great. It's episode 69, and I don't have any nasty jokes prepared for that. Do you have any?
0: Nice. Brandon Jaggers is on assignment. Apparently, he's moving or something. He bought a house. Blah boring he's <laughs> missing out on this uh outstanding uh, uh outstanding race card we've got coming up here kentucky downs uh, first of all you and i actually traveled down to franklin kentucky over the weekend uh, i actually spent the night you made your first foray down to franklin at uh, to the racetrack uh, give me your uh, your thoughts on uh, on the trip and uh and and the the, the time you spent at the unusual oval
1: well you know the truth be known as i've mentioned before i love kentucky downs i love the racing uh but because of my work schedule and because i'm a football fan in football season i never get to attend races there in person so this is the first time i've actually i've been to the racetrack before in the off season but i've never been uh, during a race a race card so that was my first time believe it or not at my old age that's my first time i love the racing don't get me wrong I think uh, we may not have planned it as well as we should have. We were in the uh, general admission area on a bit of a rainy day. And that end of the racetrack is not, I would not say is ideal for guys like us. Um, Nice area. You bring chairs and stuff. It's fun. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed the racing. The the accommodations were not quite what I would hope they'd be. But, again, maybe next time I'll plan it out a little bit better. You tell me what you think.
0: Yeah, I've got a love-hate relationship with the track. Uh, the lack of infrastructure, or, right? Uh, it, that that bothers me. Agreed. Really, I I had no idea they were building a hotel down there, so we we had to stay but essentially at the top of the stretch. Is it, from the we were at the quarter pole, and they it was fine. It was, a, it was a nice day. This was last Saturday. It was a nice day, and you know uh, we brought our lawn chairs and and they had food trucks there, but you know it was it was fine. I. Uh, it, it makes for a long day though. Uh, I mean they've got a, a jumbotron out there that's not near as big as the one Churchill Downs has so it's a minitron older, it's a minitron minitron for an older guy like me it's uh, it's a little tough to read those numbers anymore and you know I had you know but it's fine. it's a day at the races and that's that's what I's what I want to do so yeah but uh, hopefully hopefully they'll get that worked out get that hotel built and let people come down closer to the finish line
1: agreed yes because it's if you think it's a bizarre thing to watch on tv it's an even more bizarre thing to watch in person uh at the top there's so many people tailgating and i think we were down there watching with some of those guys not a one of them had any idea what happened none right. of them had we watched the race on our phone and they were asking us who won and they had no clue so i'll never i can never be that out of the out of the loop you know so
0: right right i'm gonna tell you what that uh gaming hall with all the fake slot machines man that place was hopping on sunday we we spent the night in portland tennessee at a really nice uh best western pretty, pretty well i wouldn't say really nice but it's really it is decent and it is is it fairly inexpensive probably five miles from the track across the border came back the next day went inside that gaming hall man they were rolling that place is just really? that place is just a gold mine and
1: that's sure, not my thing but i hope people enjoy it and stuff but I, I didn't realize it was that crowded
0: It it's those machines are i don't understand them i mean every time i've played a slot machine i've I've lost every single time and, and the, you you see people that make money off of i've never made more than like five dollars or ten dollars off a slot machine so more power to them but those those machines just they're, they're not for me that's for sure but uh We're going to kick things off here with a little uh, Kentucky Derby news. Uh, Churchill Downs released a a memo or press release today, and I'll read part of this blurb. It says effective September 30th, 2021 points from any race in the road to the Kentucky Derby will not be awarded to any horse trained by any individual who is suspended from racing in the 2022 Kentucky Derby or any trainer directly or indirectly employed, supervised, or advised by a suspended trainer. So that's, uh, it lends you to believe that the only suspended people I know at Churchill are Clarence, the the, the jockey's agent, who was, uh, he's one of those 10 percenters that was uh, uh, back in the old days when, when they had signers Yes. He said, "I'll I'll I'll cash your ticket for a signer." So he's suspended, but he's not a trainer. And I think Brandon Jaggers is suspended for just. It's only a matter bet. of time. <laughs> yeah, and then the third guy would be Bob Baffert. So yeah, that that is very significant because obviously we all know Bob Baffert is huge on the Kentucky Derby trail. I mean, he he dominates a lot of the prep races: uh, Arkansas Derby, Rebel Stakes, Santa Anita Derby. Uh, if an owner wants to get to the Kentucky Derby, they cannot use Bob Baffert. Yeah, which is it was well uh,
1: played. It was well played by Churchill. Let's be honest. I mean, I I hadn't thought of that. They're saying, hey, what they're saying is you got a lot of good horses with Baffert. Baffert, you're not doing this. You might as well go ahead and uh, ship your horses to other people now. If if you if these horses want to make the Derby, he's he's basically telling the owners, hey, look, uh, you're hanging on dead weight right here, so. It was, I thought it was a pretty smart move, pretty bold move, and I don't have any problem with it. Do you?
0: Oh, I love it. I yeah, I absolutely love that these racetracks are actually taking control of the sport because there's no there's no governing body, there's no leader to make decisions like this. Now, the problem is more racetracks would probably do this, but we know Baffert's going to sue, and I think a lot of these racetracks just don't want. the the litigation costs. Just Churchill can afford it. Churchill can afford it. They've got a hammer. So and they, they've intended to use it. So very, very happy about that. So uh, again, we, we,
1: we go to say all the time, Churchill catches a lot of heat uh, for whatever reason. And there, there's some things that, you know, but they do a lot of things, right. And, you know, I I always, I always like giving credit where it's due. This was a smart move. This was a smart move. And I hadn't thought of it. So
0: Oh, it's time to put some heat on these guys. I mean it, it's 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 shameful what we've had to go through here in the past six months and uh Naira's doing the same thing. They've they've petitioned to uh, hold uphold their suspension of Baffert, you know, for and uh, they, they listed the reasons why. They said that uh you know that, that media tour he went on directly after the Derby uh positive came out where he said i've never given my horse beta methasone. i don't know uh, there's no reason to give it and he went on like six or seven news stations and then like one day later he came out and said oh turns out we did give this horse beta methazone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and
0: you know and that naira listed as a reason why they should uh ban him from the from uh the new york tracks it's just he's bad for the sport and you know and i
1: would fun. i would Add into that, it's like we look at it from the Kentucky Derby perspective, but how about those that that trainer in Arkansas who has that really nice horse, uh once-in-a-lifetime horse, and he wants to go in the in the uh, Arkansas Derby, take his crack at a million dollars or whatever it is now, and get Derby points. And maybe Baffert throws two of his horses in there, and this horse runs a race of his life and only gets fourth, doesn't get points, doesn't get the, the purse money he deserves. I mean, it's better for that guy too, right? This guy – He'll get a fair shake, a chance to get to the Derby, make some money, you know, and because along the way, Baff runs all these prep races and wins them all, right? And there's guys that have legitimate chances, and he's hurting those guys too. So yeah. it's a win-win all the way around, in my opinion.
0: So reading the rest of this uh, this paragraph, should a horse trained by a suspended trainer or any trainer directly or indirectly employed, supervised, or advised by a sus- by a suspended trainer finishing a position that would have earned points in a road to the Kentucky Derby race occurring after September 30th, 2021, the points associated with that finished position will be vacated. So if he wins Arkansas Derby and he earns a hundred points, the runner up will only, will still receive the, whatever they get for second. Was it 40 points? Something they'll like still, that, yeah. they won't get the hundred points. They'll get the, the 40 points. And then the the 100 points is just, they'll, they'll vanish into thin air.
1: Well, it still could help someone else getting in down the road. Right. Those guys, yeah. 18th, 19th on the list, that'll help them.
0: Right. Absolutely. So that's good. Uh, bravo to Churchill Downs. Bravo I mean, to Naira. Uh, bravo to Naira. That's for sure. Yeah. Very good point. Uh, so I heard this, and, it, and I was happy to hear it, but I, it also put me in a, a sad mood that we have to deal with this crap. Uh, seems like regularly, I mean, it's been a, it's been a shady month, I think, in the racing industry. Uh, uh, I mean, we'll start with uh, Indiana Grand the other day. They, they ran, a I think, a $150,000, $200,000 stakes race that was uh, won by a Keith the Sormo trained horse whose name has escaped. McDonnell Might won, I think it was the Indiana Grand Stakes. It was a mile on turf, and second position went to a perennial runner-up, a perennial bi- bridesmaid, uh, Cairo Prince royal prince uh, royal prince you're right Cairo prince inside royal prince and uh dynamite was disqualified because they said uh, the the steward said that the that rider hit uh, royal prince on the nose with his crop and I, i've watched this replay a hundred times i didn't see it they got really close but i i never did see it i just thought that was really shady to me and and, and that's 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 an anecdote, but then you know we go to uh, Kentucky Downs on was that yesterday? It was yesterday. Right? This, we're recording this on Friday. Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, okay. So Wednesday, yeah, that's right. Wednesday, they ran a maiden special weight as the last race, and Allen was alive to three horses in pick four. Uh, one of them was a heavy favorite. This is the the Godolphin entry, the one and one A. Uh, One was trained by Brad Cox. The other was trained by Michael Stidham. I think you could make the argument that maybe the Michael Stidham trained horse had a little more upside, but they were both uh, the prohibitive favorites. They get to the gate, the one, a, the Stidham horse flips. And according to Kentucky rules, I think I didn't double check this, but I think a flip is an automatic scratch. And that's what they did. They scratched her Uh, as a, Pretty lengthy delay to get the horse off the track, walk her off the track. She was fine. They go to load up again. The other half of the entry flips and, scra- and, and flips over and gets back up. She's fine. But the t- attending vet did not scratch her, which minutes earlier, the same thing happened and it necessitated a scratch. Now this horse flips and they don't scratch. So if you like the one A but you don't like the one, you're stuck with this horse that just flipped over backwards. And so they break from the gate. The 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 Godolphin filly goes straight to the lead, and she runs maybe about three quarters of a mile and quits, and may have came in last or yeah. near the back I think, of the pack. I think she was eased. I think the horse was eased. She, she might she might have been eased. I didn't check, but yeah. Something like that rubs me the wrong way. I just, I, it, it was so inconsistent, and I know you were mad because several minutes later you, you were upset because, uh you know, I didn't money, know the second you know. horse
1: flipped. I didn't know the yeah. second horse flipped.
0: Yeah, well <laughs> the, that money could have gone to to somebody else. Now, the, the other, the other point I want to make here is that we're in twenty twenty one. We're we're putting uh, uh, private citizens into space, but we can't. Uh, we can't develop a tote system that will give you the the opportunity to select an alternative selection, right? At the end of your pick four ticket, when something like this happens, and you know uh, you already had the the second choice in your in your wager, now you get the second choice twice. Well, maybe you didn't want to commit all that capital to to one horse twice. Maybe maybe there's another horse in the race that you might have wanted. I don't know. You got comments on that? That really well, rubbed me the wrong way.
1: Yeah, it could it, it wouldn't have mattered because uh, they could have gave me five more horses and I wouldn't have had the winner, um, full disclosure. <laughs> that said, I do believe it affected the running of the race. Uh, I think the second choice of horse was uh, trying to pay attention to the favorite in the race and may have uh, laid too close to a blistering pace, and I think they both killed each other off. But at the same time, other people – I mean, there are other people who – even realize that the, the one the pure one was staying in the race. Right. And they didn't have time to change their ticket. I mean, if I, if I had that horse in my, if I'm just betting the race, uh, horizontally or to win or exact and I see him flip, I don't want it. And they didn't get enough time to, to change your bet. <laughs> right. Um, it's, I mean, we could go on and on about it. So but again, if the first horse flips and I'm like you, I thought if a horse flips, it's an automatic scratch. The first one was, and that was the right call, but then the second one flipped, and it really honestly made no sense. And uh, I don't get on the stewards as much as other people do, and I don't even know if that's a steward's call. That might be the vet's call. There's some confusion somewhere. We're not even mentioning the fact that, you know, uh, Brad Cox and the Codolphin folks might have been pissed off as well, too. I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot lot of moving parts in these things. A lot of people have vested interests. But that was one of the more bizarre things I'd say. I thought it was bizarre that two horses – uh owned by the same people that are both favorite in the same entry, they both flipped i mean what are the odds of that, <laughs> that that's amazing
0: right. so
1: uh, yeah it it was one of the odd, more odd things i've seen in my time in this game
0: and then you know the last point i want to hit on i mean the last time we had a podcast ellis park had two more days to go uh i want to i want to put them on blast yeah they were they did an absolutely atrocious job presenting their product this summer uh, right from day one with their camera work the camera work was pitiful and they didn't do a whole lot to fix that going in the last day they the, the camera work was bad the, the, the you cannot watch replays down there it's so it the, the cameras were so shaky they tried to install a camera on the far turn which I kind of like that angle a little bit but I mean, they they were making the same mistakes on the last day of the meet they were that they were making on the first day of the meet, and it was really aggravating. Yeah. And, you know, it, there was a myriad of, of other issues. Uh, I mean, the the two times that I went down there, the 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 second floor, yeah, you know, the second floor bathrooms were just absolutely disgusting. They just There's a, plumb, a plumbing issue there that I, I mean, was, I don't want to go into it, but the 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 last day I was there, we I went into the bathroom, turned the faucets on, and brown disgusting water was coming out of the faucets and it's like this you know this is the way this, this has been for years they they refuse all of the owners have refused to address any of the issues that make that place a dump and and that place has a lot of potential the people down it there does. Are glorious they, they're wonderful people that tend the races down there they're friendly everybody's nice and then you know then but the owners refuse to address any issues unless it's in the slots room
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, and again, this is a Kentucky podcast. We enjoy talking about Kentucky racing. It's what we do. We give us, you know. We, we try to be as positive as we can uh, for this industry in this state. But it's sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. And I went to Ellis with you earlier in the meet. I was like, that's enough for me. That's enough because uh, I've already I was already pissed off at the product most of the meet anyway with the uh, the the bad fields. And uh, off the turf races, I I don't feel like they carded enough races for uh, some of the other owners and trainers. I thought it was all kind of slanted to uh, some of the bigger trainers and and such. I mean, I could go on and on with with, I quit playing Ellis's meet. I mean, I'd be honest, I I bet less there than I ever have. I mean, maybe 10 percent of what I usually do. Uh, The fields were short. The camera work was just unreal uh again it's in dire need of a paint job the plumbing stuff cc mentioned Uh, we can go on and on and it is a shame because the people there really love that racetrack it is part of their it's part of their town it's part of their heritage and the people there are wonderful and they deserve better they deserve better it was one thing after another this meeting some things they couldn't help but it seems like we're always making that excuse for ellis the things that happen that can't help that they can't help you know uh the barn fire was unfortunate you know, the tractor incident was unfortunate, but it, it, it goes on and on from there. And I, I can tell the pools watching on a daily basis, the wind pools, the pick four pools, all, they're all smaller. They're all smaller uh, than usual. I can tell they took a hit on their handle. They, don't even have an ad, they only have an analyst in the paddock, somebody in the paddock. The, the, the guy that does their selections is Jimmy McNerney. He does it from the announcer's booth and just puts numbers on the screen. That's unacceptable in the bluegrass state. You know, everybody else does a much better job at that. I mean, you, you can't even pay an analyst. I mean, I'll nominate some analysts for you. CC's one of them. I'll give you CC Broadus. I'll <laughs> give you J.J. Heisel. I'll give you Caitlin Free. I'll give you Sakaya Shuler. Uh, and that's not that hard to do. Um, so I'm sure I'm forgetting some things, too. But CC's right. Else it's time you pick your game up because the rest of the tracks in Kentucky are passing you by. They already have passed you by. So we want you to succeed. So, you know, takes you know, Put some money in the place. Anything else you want to add?
0: No, I, you said it all.
1: Yeah, I, the, the whole analyst thing just yeah, McNerney. Nothing against Jimmy McNerney, but I mean he's making the selections from the pack and the bottom of the screen seven two one, and the, the graphics are almost impossible to see. I mean, come on, it's like, do you, do you would you like us to sit on some meetings with you to try to tell you what you need to do? We'll tell you. So.
0: Well, I think they're only interested in uh, our opinions on slots. Right. Yeah.
1: Because in fairness, we have reached out to them too, folks. Just just so you know. And unlike some of the other racetracks, whatever, they don't seem to be very interested. So okay. <laughs>
0: All right. Okay. Let's turn the page to some more positive things. Uh, Kentucky Downs has two more days left as we are recording this. Uh, I have not looked at Sunday's card. On Saturday's card it's amazing. It is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an uh, unbelievable card. I believe we're looking at 11 races and it's capped by the Calumet Turf Cup. One million dollars, mile and a half on the grass. Of course, every every race is on the grass down there. But uh, we're going to go through and maybe give out some spot plays here and, and see if we maybe uh, find the winner's circle in some of these races. Uh, full disclosure, I am not having a good meet. I, I took a bath on Saturday and uh sunday wednesday and thursday haven't been kind to me either i take that back i did i did win yesterday i I finished up like 50 dollars yesterday but uh, nice that's i'm far from uh i'm far from where i need to be that's for sure so uh we're going to kick off with race four alan has a play in here i've got a horse i'm interested in this is a maiden special weight one mile for maidens three and up uh you, you kick it off
1: all right, I would uh, just say that uh, we're probably gonna go over seven or eight races here real quick. Uh nothing nothing fancy. The the card just the card deserves uh, a little bit of discussion. Uh I'll be at a football game on Saturday, but i still the races are so interesting, I'll be keeping one eye on these races. And if we go over eight races and I hit two of them, if I select two, I think that's fantastic. These these races Kentucky Downs is traditionally tough. Uh But these races are jam-packed, so you only got to hit, as we say all the time, you only got to hit a couple uh, to do well. But hitting a couple can be tricky, too. So the only thing I wanted to mention in in race four is I didn't care for the favorites. Uh, You're welcome to have any of these favorites in this race that you like. I see that uh, Mount Kenya is a 3-to-1 favorite. I know the horse from Turfway, I wouldn't take the horse at 3-to-1. I like the way the horse is bred. I'm not interested in this horse at 3-to-1. There are three potential double digit horses in here that if I were playing a spread ticket, I would just use these three horses. And that is the number 12 Makai for Jordan Blair who ran well out here last year. Blinkers off, takes the blinkers back off. Uh, I think by hit at a bomb, Jordan Blair is very sneaky uh, with these things. So I would use Makai, number 12 Makai at 12 to one. I would definitely use uh, Wesley Ward at 20 to one. Come on. And Joel Rosario. Um, I think the horse's form may lead the morning line maker to put him at 20 to one, but the horse did improve at Turfway in, in December, ran second to hard ride guy who's a nice, nice racehorse for Ian Wilkes. You're uh, talking about I'll, number four, Invisible War, right? Yeah, Invisible War, I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, I mean, at 20 to one is Joel Rosario, Wesley Ward off the layoff. It's been gelded. I would have to have that when on I'm a ticket. And I would also use Vancouver Moon at 15 to one. It's Eddie Keneally. The, the horse's debut was la- all, all the way back last spring, last fall at Churchill, but that was a good race. Uh, horse kind of, you know, kind of even fourth, but Runaway Magic and Out of Sight are two real nice horses for Rusty Arnold and Brad Cox. Uh, the horse gets Luis Saez. Why not? Off the layoff, the horse is working well. Again, those are three double-digit horses I would, would want to have. Those would be the three I would use in a, in a multi-race wager.
0: I'm not probably going to bet these races early, but I, I me either. I,
1: but I wanted to mention it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in number eight Cleat a little bit. I, I I was there at Ellis that day. Uh, this is a good-looking horse from the Bill Mott barn, and he kind of ran off a little bit going that mile and eighth in his first start. That's that's a big ask for a first-time yeah, start. Agreed. He's, he's by Warfront. You know, I I would be willing to give this horse a second chance. I don't like nine to two on him. But with it's got a really a slowish speed figure from the, from the DRF side. But, uh, you know, I, I think he might, uh, he might be okay in second start, but like I said, it's, it, I think his race is wide open. Your horse Makai, I like that horse in his comeback at Ellis and he gave way a little bit, but uh, the horse Momoa is a, is a nice one for Wayne Catalano. Uh, so yeah, you're right. I would, I would be willing to give that horse a shot. Uh, Going from two turns to this uh, funky one turn, and he ran
1: second at Kentucky Downs last year with to, to Royal the aforementioned Royal Prince. Yeah, and he's taking the blinkers back off, which we had the blinkers off that day. So sure, uh, so it's it's worth it's worth the try there. You know, again, I just don't care for the favor, But I do I do think of the favorites of the single digit horse cleats the one interests me the most.
0: Uh, race five, six and a half furlongs. I'm gonna get on my soapbox here in a minute too. Uh, this is a made special way for two year old fillies, and I know you like a filly here. First of all, let me get this off my chest. All right. A lot's been made up, made of the uh, the run ups for these races at Kentucky Downs. Uh, I, uh, the the guy from Timeform, Craig Milkowski, has been uh, saying that the uh, the run ups have been almost just over a a, a half of a furlong. Really? Yeah, it's uh, yes, for some of these races. So, like in a race like this, you have to be careful. I think it's not a big deal this weekend with the rails being at zero. I think that you're okay, but some of these races we've seen this week, like uh, let's go back to the to the feature yesterday, the half million dollar uh, sprint for two year olds, Coffee Maker. I think Coffee Maker is worth a play. The next time he runs, if if there was a, a, a big run up, and that was a six and a half furlong race. That makes it more of a seven furlong race. Yeah, he bit into a really fast opening quarter and a half mile. And then he was uh, he faded a little bit late. I think turning back, if he actually ran seven furlongs, he turned back to five and a half And one of those. I think uh, Keeneland runs a, a two year old sprint race on the turf. I think he's live there if they decide to go there. So uh, there's your trip note for the podcast, got to bet on coffee maker next time he runs, but uh, yeah. So I think we're okay on the run-ups, but uh, I know you like a Philly in here. Who 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 did you select? Well, I wasn't
1: quite as aware of all that run-up stuff that, that you mentioned. So that's a really good point. It's something I'm going to take a mental note of, but this is a, again, the, the races all day long are deep and contentious. They are. And, but again, I say, it all t- you hear me bitch about four and five horse races. I don't play them. I can't stand them. So I can't complain when it's a 16 horse, 12, 16 horses race. That's that's what I want to play. So this is a good example. And when when those races come up, just take a stand, just take a stand. And I'm going to take a stand with number five here, Violetto for Ian Wilkes. I think CC probably knew I was picking this one. The horses by out Adel- of La- Lanawa, he was a pretty good sprinter around these parts way back that horse produced thatcher street taylor street and somebody else off the top of my head um thatcher street won at kentucky downs i believe there's another half to this horse that won at kentucky downs the name escapes me but violetto's debut if you go back go back and watch the replay violetto made a monstrous move on the turn uh in, in a pretty good two-year-old race got caught late by knees and hips who come up the rail for joe Plenty, if i'm not mistaken and tom amos yes uh, that was a really good effort a little surprised last time the horse they stretched the horse out the next time to a mile and the horse did stop i was a little surprised that day but the horse time was a horse called stepper for tom drury who's got claiborne a really good horse and maybe Maybe what they were doing was prepping this horse for this race, giving him a little little more stamina because they sent him to the lead that day. He won't be on the lead today. Maybe they will get him more stamina to hit this six-and-a-half furlong thing between the eyes. So I expect Vialel to run a pretty good race today. Maybe wrong. Sometimes these Wilkes horses, as they progress, have a tendency to fool me. I'll be completely honest about that. But at six-to-one, he gets Julian Leperu back or she gets Julian Leperu back that will be one I will take a stand with is number five, the one other one I would make quick note of that probably should be a heck of a price is on the outside the 12 horse determined hope for mid Atlantic trainer, Phil Schoenthal. Uh, this horse is by my out of I a real nice uh, mare named Mo Chusley. Who's re- put out a couple of good ho- uh, turf winners in her day, a couple of good horses. I like the way this horse kind of, a uh, uh, bid, bid, slowly down the stretch, kind of ground out a second place finish. Uh, I think the stretch out to six and a half might hit this horse between the eyes at a big price, maybe 25 to one. I'd keep an eye on determined hope, but I'm solidly on, um, uh, I'm solidly on Violetto
0: here and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. A couple of things on Violetto, uh, personally, I had this horse singled in the late pick four that last time she ran. I did not want her on the lead. Mm-hmm. And I think she
1: could have been by design.
0: Looking at the uh, variant, the track variant that day was really high, 26. So the track must have some moisture, and I can't really remember. I was there, and I can't remember. But uh yeah, I, I think she just went too fast too early. uh The second thing on this Philly, the the mare, the damn Lenawi, uh, took forever. I, I heard tips on this horse when she ran, you know, forever, and it took her like seven starts to break her maiden. She broke her maiden on Derby Day, and actually had mm-hmm. her that day at 25 to one. Didn't have right. enough. But uh, I had her that day. So, you know, this. if she takes after her mama, she, it may take uh, take a few starts. And, and Saturday might be the day. The other one I want to point out is number eight, Hype House. It's a daughter of Candy Ride out of Carumba. Yeah. Carumba was a really nice mare for the Phipps. Uh, she won the top flight, uh, finished second in the Ruffian, the Shoe V. Uh, she ran a Churchill, too, ran the Fleur de Louis, ran, ran third there. Uh, anything out of Bernardini right now is on fire. So he's turned out to be a really good uh, broodmare sire. So and Rosario takes the mount for for Shug McGahee. So that's number eight hype house. I, I think that Philly Bear's watching uh, if she's ready first time. Shug ships her from Saratoga in for this. So maybe worth a maybe worth a look. Agreed. Number six race six. Excuse me. Race six is the Mint Lady Sprint Grade Three, six hundred thousand dollars. Probably one of the few times you'll see a $600,000 grade three race in this country.
1: <laughs>
0: Phillies and Marist three and up. Honestly, I don't have much of an opinion, so I'm going to turn it over to you.
1: Oh, I do. Uh, first off, best of luck uh, to our new friends at brilliant racing. Joe Christofek, Brandon Stahl, one of the guys as they have their star in the race. Yes, it's ginger. They could not have picked a tougher spot for yes, it's gender to, try to extend her win streak, but we wish them the best of luck, especially going after that, uh, big $600,000 pot, man, that's gotta be incredibly exciting. And the horse figures in this spot, but the one they all got to beat. I mean, to me, it's clear is they have all got to beat the favorite in here Venetian Harbor. Venetian Harbor was an Oaks horse on the Oaks trail last year. And it's kind of disappointed later in the year. It's a horse I was against numerous times later in the year, but came back at Santa Anita going six and a half in the Monrovia and just flat out aired that field, flat out aired it and beat a couple of the horses who I think are true contenders in this box. I think the California horses in this race are the ones to beat. And Venetian Harbors handled both of them fairly easily for the most part. They stretched her out six months later at Del Mar in the Clement Hirsch. Drifted late, did run second, but she ran second to She Dares the Devil. So they must like what they saw on this horse out on the turf. So they sent her back six and a half. Out here in Kentucky now it seems like they were shopping for a spot. This is a spot for the horse. And I think Venetian Harbor is solely, strictly the one to beat here. Strictly the one to beat. Uh, again, a couple of California horses like uh, superstition figures and, and such. But I, I would look at Venetian Harbor, and I might use catch a bid or even violenza, or she uh, she's a ginger underneath
0: this of uh, some price horses. But, yeah, it's Venetian Harbor for me. we got to do some investigating investigative reporting on why change of control isn't in here for michelle yeah this is a perfect spot this has been a perfect spot they may be waiting for keeneland but uh, yeah they may have designs on the breeder's cup with change of control too so uh be interested to see what's going on there but uh yeah i don't i don't care for anything in race six uh let's go to go to race seven the kentucky downs ladies here's a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar grade three going a mile for fillies and mares Number two, Princess Grace, off a huge victory in the Yellow Ribbon at Del Mar, is the morning line favorite at two to one. You get Laurent Giroux for Michael Stidham. What are your mm-hmm.
1: thoughts? Uh, I just pick, picked a favorite in the last race, so uh, let's let's get crazy here, and we'll take a 12 to one shot in the morning line. That's the way I like to, I like to play. And I'm looking at Luis Saez at number eight, Summer in Saratoga. Because if you toss this horse's race in the slop at Lone Star when they came off the turf and you toss the race prior to that, when she stumbled at the start, this horse has won uh, five of her last six. Of course, one was a DQ, but five of her last six. Uh, Pretty impressive. Knows where the wire is. One of those races was at uh, the fairgrounds in the Benson Memorial. And that horse came from the 12 hole that day to win, uh, which I thought was one hell of a field. uh, To be honest with you, that was Louisiana Derby Day. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, you, you know, when you're making selections, you factor in price and a wide variety of other things. So at the 12 to one price, even though there's some more more likely to win, I'll take summer in Saratoga and shoot for the moon.
0: I am interested to see what Dalica or Dalika can do. Agreed. Uh, she's kind of kind of reinvented her a little bit. And just let her let her do her own thing early. And she's been running all these mile and a half races. And she actually has a win over the turf course at Kentucky Downs. I'm interested to see what, what they do, if they just let her go. Rosario, then, they put Rosario on her, too. Yeah, right, they switch from Maina to Rosario. I, I'm just interested to see if they just put her on the lead. I mean, my goodness. Uh,
1: I could see uh, maybe a situation where they let her stalk because she's back up to a mile. And of course, may not be as fast, maybe let her stalk. And because she's got so much bottom underneath her, maybe make the move on the turn. But the last race, I will say the last she, race with Glen Falls, she quit pretty quickly. So I don't know what to make of Delica. I can see why nothing else made you want to have her on top of a ticket in case she does air the field. But, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Delica is an X factor to me.
0: Okay, let's go to race eight. This is the first leg of the late pick four, and this is the FanDuel Turf Sprint, $1 million, another grade three. you can believe that, three years old and up. But it features, even though this is male's, it features one fast mare named number, uh, named Got Stormy, number nine, breaking from the nine hole for Mark Cassie, Tyler Uh She's nine to two. I didn't mark who was the favorite. She should be the favorite. She, she
1: ain't going to be nine to two.
0: Casa Creed is seven to two. I don't know about that. I don't get that. But uh, yeah, So Casa Creed is the morning line favorite, seven to two. Got Stormy is nine to two, second choice. Uh, I like a few in here. Let's go to you first. Who do you like in the uh, FanDuel Turf Sprint?
1: There's 12 in here. I like about 10 of them, Uh, but I'm going to narrow it down.
0: I'm going to narrow it down
1: because it's unfortunate to get God Stormy's in the race because I do like a long shot, and there are actually like two long shots. I like uh, Born Great. I like Born Great at a price. Is this one good enough to beat the likes of a God Stormy and a Costa Creed? I'm not sure. I had to go with God Stormy to win because God Stormy exited the four-star day last year, came down to Kentucky Downs and just completely aired in the ladies' sprint. She must be doing well because instead of going the ladies' sprint today, she's going to go in the big one. Um, she's going to go in, in the, uh, the turf sprint. So I have to like her chance here. God Stormy can throw in some bu- uh, some some bad races once in a while, but I'll go with God Stormy on the win end. But I do like Born Great at the price at uh, – I think she's 15 to one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, born greats two for two at Kentucky Downs and comes off a, a race where she was much the best last time. I mean, when Adam Schitza said go, she took off. So her running style, I think, bodes well to six and a half you're, or six furlongs. You're going to get a price because everybody in here can win the race. You're, you've got Imprimus in here. You've got Costa Creed. You've got a lot of good horses. But it's, it's God's story for me with Born Great, and i got to have a touch of Diamond Oops too, because I'm always a big fan of that horse. So those are the three for me, and I probably won't hit the board with any of them, but that's how I see it.
0: The horse I'm interested in is Gear Jockey number four. Agreed.
1: Ten-
0: mm-hmm. For Rusty Arnold. I, I had this horse in my stable mail going back on to Derby Day. Horse had a horrible trip, five wide all the way around the, the course, and still finished fourth and waited and waited and waited they finally brought him back to saratoga and you and i were down to ellis that day and we missed the race yeah missed the race and he won at four to one uh so he came back and ran in the troy stakes and finished third behind fast boat i thought that was a tremendous effort he ran a huge uh figure that day the horse is in really good form i think he's he's got a shot to at least get part of this and if he can get part at ten to one The the tries and super is going to pay something. So if you like Got Stormy on top, I would use uh, Gear Jockey underneath Mm -hmm. and maybe spice up your exotics. I'm going to use that horse in the pick four as well. The other ones I'm going to use are Fast Boat, number two, who's one for one at Kentucky Downs. And this horse is another one that's uh, ran some huge figures. And he gets Rosario. So And it's Joe Sharp. Joe Sharp's had a good meet so far. I think you got to use him. And I would use number three, Bombard from Richard Mandela. This horse ran second in this this exact race last year. It was run down by Im- Impromis late. Uh, he, he dead heated for second, but uh, Mandela never ships. He rarely ships, and he brings Pratt. I think this horse is live. Yeah. So yeah, Fast Boat, Bombard, Gear Jockey, and Got Stormy for me in the pick four, and. I'm going to have something with gear jockey doing something. I, I haven't figured out what it is yet.
1: See, we just mentioned seven-horse folks, seven horses in a 12-horse race, horse, and we didn't even cover the rest of the contenders. There's yeah. other contenders in there. It's a fantastic that race. My,
0: that might be my strongest opinion of the of the day. And then Gear like jockey,
1: the <laughs> I like it. You know I like it.
0: <laughs> That's so, awesome. Uh, race nine is the uh, – the, feet, uh, the feature of the meat, the center centerpiece of the meat, I would say, the Calumet Turf Cup, grade two, one million million, three and up. These are the veteran horses that uh, like to go these marathon distances. And if you haven't heard already, Eleven Sulu Alpha has been retired, and he will go to, uh, I believe, Old Friends down there, at uh, the Old Friends Farm, and and... Uh, enjoy retirement. So Georgetown, happy.
1: I drive by it every day. Every day I drive by to one.
0: Oh, yeah, the, the one, one in Georgetown. There's there's another one in Franklin. Oh, there is. Yeah, the, the, a lot of the the stakes winners down there go there to retire. So uh, I believe that it's open for visitors. But uh, yeah, Zulu Alpha's out, and he was a past winner of the race. The favorite's going to be number five, Arklow, and that horse is three to one on the morning line. Probably going to go lower now. And this one goes for Brad Cox and and Don Eagle and and a few others. But uh, Florent Giroux is going to ride. Uh, Horse comes off of a seventh-place finish in the Del Mar handicap. Uh, For whatever reason, they anchored him to last and through slowish fractions, and he rallied, but uh, it was just not enough stretch. And he finished seventh, beating only a length and three-quarters. Prior to that, he finished sixth in the United Nations, He actually stumbled going down the backstretch in that race. He he tried to go between horses, and apparently clipped heels and stumbled. So, I mean, that that race is a throwout. So, uh, you know, it's – Arco is going to be tough to beat here. Uh, Who do you like?
1: Well, I wish Zulafa hadn't scratched because it kind of deflates the uh, price of the horse I like. Not a ton of speed in here. Not a ton of speed makes the channel a little dangerous. Perhaps even Epic Bromance, which I believe we've probably been accused of on on occasion. Um, Easy. So that, you know, there's a speed horses there, but uh, give me Glenn County 15 to one. I mean, my parade of long shot selections are probably going to run ninth continue. I like I think Glenn County's in good form. I think uh, Maker has done well with this horse this year. Um, The last race was uh, the in the uh, Mr. D, quote unquote, the Arlington Million uh, he outfinished uh, the Aiden O'Brien horse that came over here, who was supposed to be the goods or name escapes me that day, uh, in a race with a slow pace. It was not a deep field, but it was still a good effort by Glenn County. Uh, the race at Churchill was a mile and a half and she blew that field away. Uh, I should say he blew the field away. I, this is my time where I always get the genders of the horses mixed up on the podcast. Uh, this horse can only fairly close to which may help in this race. Uh, give me Glenn County at 15 to one. I'm more than willing to take that. I know Arklos is the one to beat, but, and I've been high on Arklos from time to time, but you, you never quite know how well Arklos is going to run. So, Hey, what the hell? Give me Glenn County.
0: One thing you got to look at this horse is a four year old and he's improving. Yes. If you look, if I, I'm using DRF. His buyers are improving and yeah, he, he may be coming up to a peak effort for sure, and and for a four-year-old you gotta you gotta look at something like that because they're they're ever improving as they they start to mature. Uh, another horse I would use is number one Imperador for Palo Lobo and Joe Talmo rides. Uh, Talmo, I'm not I'm not nuts about Talamo at Kentucky Downs, and I'm not nuts about him on the turf. But these two hooked up last year to win the Keeneland Mile with Ivar. Mm-hmm. Um, And Ivar ran a huge race at Kentucky Downs as a prep for that race. Uh, Imperador is prepping for this. He prepped for this in the United Nations. And he was closing fastest of all against Tribu Van from Chad Brown Barn. Uh, He ran a big number that day. I think you want to talk about horse's ages. In the program, this horse is five years old. but He's bred on so- Southern Hemisphere time, so he was born in October, so he's not really five years old yet. Uh, he, he's he's a late four-year-old, and I think he may have some improvement left in him. Uh, if Talamo can just give him a trip, just be patient. Don't make any early moves. Maybe he can rally late and get part of this, and maybe he can win it. I'm going to use Imperador. Probably going to take Arclo on top and do the old Shiloh with – Imperador in second, third, and fourth, and hopefully catching prices around him.
1: Best of luck to you. It's a good idea. And we you got, mentioned Umberto uh down here this weekend too. That guy's one hell of a turf
0: rider, as yeah. is
1: obviously Ian Pratt.
0: He's on Fant- Fantasioso for Nacho Correas. Uh, Not without a chance. Yeah, and yeah, that that always been interested in that horse. Finished second in the Belmont Gold Cup. uh way back uh, on belmont weekend so uh, interesting uh to see him here two more races i don't really have an opinion i don't think you do either in race 10 the franklin simpson stakes might be a good race to hit the all button because I, I i think they're all evenly matched um i um, is the favorite 10 uh, two favorite he finished uh he won the uh the bruce d which is one of the weakest grade ones you'll ever see but uh, he did it in fine fashion. He's a good horse. Turning back, he gets uh Luis Saez here again. I mean, you know, that that he's fine, but I don't think he has the win. No, it's
1: the the one reason I wanted to mention this race was what you just mentioned the point. It's tempting to play the race, uh, because the favorite is coming out of the quote unquote Beverly D, quote unquote grade one, which was a glorified allowance race. This is a nice horse, point me by, but People are going to look at that grade one. Hey, there's a Grade one winner in this spot. That, that's not grade one. That's I mean, that's if you call that a grade three, you're giving it too much love. Uh, so it makes you want to bet the race knowing that's, that. The money may go to that horse, uh, even though it probably shouldn't. Uh, but I go through the field. I'm not that crazy about anything. So it from the from a default standpoint, which is sometimes how you just make selections. I'll go to next for Wesley Ward. I've, I've kind of been how this horse for a while. Maybe the, the turn back is maybe the key uh, for this one. I would I would want a decent price. I'd want five or six to one on the horse if he's going to play it. Uh, give me next, and, and maybe my most tepid pick of the day. Uh, not to say that those 20-in-one shots were great picks, but uh, I'll just default to next and move on.
0: Sounds good to me. Uh, it closes out. I hate this. I absolutely hate that they, they've they been closing out the cards with two-year-old maiden races. Yeah, a lot of times these are crap shoots, and I, I think this is no different. I, I, this, this—I I don't know what to, to make of this race. There's a horse in here I'm interested in, but uh, he doesn't have to win this. He, you know, he he may run his race and finish fifth here, for all I know. So, uh, thoughts on the finale?
1: Like you, I'm not crazy about this. We should be close to kickoff at the Kentucky-Missouri game by the time this one goes off. I'll probably see who wins. Uh, the next morning, Um uh, CC and I talked about it off there. He's going to mention a horse here in a moment. Um, there's a, a lot of race. A lot of these horses are coming out of it from Ellis, Ellis park Maiden. that I did not think was a good race. And a lot of the horses in this, in that race kind of ran, just kind of ran around the track. So I'm gonna to try to avoid that race would be my strategy. Uh, I'm going to look at Tuskegee cat for Wesley Ward because he come out of a race, uh, early in the year, but I believe a Wesley Ward horse won the race. This is one of those other Wesley horses. I should expect this horse to improve today. The horse number seven, Tuskegee Cat, being by Air Force Blue. That one interests me, as well as the 10, Seal Beach. Seal Beach is trying to turf, but this is Three Diamonds Farm and Mike Maker. They went a lot together. They went a lot of Kentucky Downs together. And this is the class of the race. This horse up at Saratoga twice, closed well in his debut against a good field. Uh, That was a Carpe all day was a heavy favorite for Todd Pletcher that day. He got beat. That was a solid field. That was a solid effort. The next race was better than it looks. This horse uh, actually passed horses late in a race where nobody did because the winner was uh, my prankster. I believe another Todd Pletcher horse is one of the most impressive horses, of winners of the Saratoga meet. So if Seal Beach takes the turf, takes the distance, anything around nine to two would be a good play. So I'm looking at Seal uh, Seal Beach and Tuskegee Cat.
0: Well, The horse I'm interested in is number four, Bourbon on Fire, and this is the son of Bernardini. They gave $255,000 for this colt at OBS in April, and just happened to be at Ellis, that last start, uh, I was set behind the breeder of this horse and uh, a partial owner uh, in the Bourbon Lane Stable, and they were really high on the horse. They thought he could win. The, The breeder sold the horse at the auction and then bought him back or bought a, uh, bought a share back in the horse, so they were high on him, uh, horse finished fourth that day, but that doesn't tell the tale, going into the first turn, the horse got creamed a little bit, and hit the rail, I thought he hit the rail, he may not have, uh, my memory is fading as years go by, but, uh, this horse had a legitimate excuse, uh, he kind of tailed off at the end, finished, uh, Finished a, a well beaten fourth. They did go slow that day. Twenty five and three, fifty one and one. So, uh, you know, he he just didn't have a closing kick. I'm going to give him another chance here, at ten to one. Uh, Lannery uh, rode him last time. They switched to Brian Hernandez, who was is, is that true? He's the all time leading rider, or maybe yeah, the, the last ten years at, at Kentucky Downs. So he knows the course. I think if uh, he gives him a well timed ride, he's got a shot here. But you know, he doesn't have to win. Uh, one to watch out for is this uh, five horse King Curlin from uh, Brittany Vandenberg. They've got a gaudy statistic here. But they've won thirty six. She's won thirty six percent of her races on the year, which is unbelievable uh, with a hundred and seven start sample size. It's interesting. They shipped this horse. They could they could run this horse at Arlington. Uh, but they choose to ship down here, so I think that's worth a look. Uh, Chris Amy rides her husband. Her, husband, isn't her it? husband, so we need to get her on the podcast and and, and see what's going on there. But agreed. Uh, and then the other horse I'm kind of interested in is number nine Garmento. I think Me it's
1: too.
0: It's yeah. It, yeah, it's noticeable that Joel Rosario shows up here. Uh, Giroux winds up on the Wesley Ward horse. But Cox gets Rosario. I think that's very interesting. And if you followed Ellis Park at all, you know Cox, Brett Cox, dominated the two-year-old races. It seems like he had two horses in every race, and always the one that Drew rode won the race. Uh, here, this is a son of Empire Maker out of Guapaza. Guapaza is by Seeking the Dia, who I think was a really nice J- Japanese dirt horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guapaza comes from Chile. Yes, it comes from Chile and was a group two winner down there. Uh, she won, I guess, $400,000 American. Uh, that's that's pretty good. They, oh, they shipped her. Okay, they shipped her later to U.S. and she won the of Stakes, grade three and River Memories Stakes. And then she was second in the Sheepshead Bay and third in the New York Stakes. So, she, this the mare is really good. Uh, so, and this one goes for the Don Alberto Stable. Cox.
1: If I'm not mistaken, uh, Don Alberto, those horses for Brad Cox usually went a lot first out, going long on the turf, like this is. If I'm not mistaken, don't hold me to that, but I do believe that's the intent usually with the Don Alberto horses.
0: Yeah, and yeah, the the, the the fact that Cox nabs Rosario, I think that's uh that's very interesting. So I would use this horse twelve twelve to one is probably a pipe dream if the horse is live, but yeah, that's that's the two I would use. Probably gonna need to spread out. There's there's some horses that could be live here. I think uh this horse for Safi Joseph Baj, B A J, that's actually Brandon Jagger's initials. <laughs> that's but right. uh horse ran okay in his first start going two turns. I don't think uh you know, Safi Joseph he, he hits at twenty four percent. They they nabbed Gaffley on, so I think that's a that's a sign that they like their chances. So Tough spot to end the in the day, but uh, I think I pick four. I'm gonna try that pick four, and maybe single Arclow, and spread in the Franklin Simpson race race ten. And then maybe try to use four or five in here, hopefully, and and not use very many in the in the first leg with God Stormy and, and a few of those others.
1: It could be a very quite the lucrative sequence, I will say that more importantly i'm going to say kentucky 28 missouri 17 on saturday it's most most important to me what's what's the spread five and a five half and it's, it's a key game it's a big game for kentucky if they win they've got a chance to set themselves up this year so five we'll minutes. see what happens
0: yeah. it may have
1: changed i don't know by the way i would need you to give some another shout out to joe kris who helped us out last week he, he does amazing work at Kentucky Downs. He did fantastic work on our podcast. and we, Again, we appreciate Joe coming on. We appreciate all our guests coming on. Don't get me wrong. They're all great. But Joe, Joe puts in a lot of work down at Kentucky Downs, and he handicaps that card, and that, that shit is not easy. <laughs> so right. more power to him. And by right. the way, Churchill starts next week.
0: Yes. Uh, by any chance, do you know if it's night racing next Saturday? I know it's one of these nights. I, I it, don't, is. I, it is. It is?
1: It's night racing. They have the local live. The Louisville basketball teams going to be out there uh, doing some uh, their preseason things. So it's actually a pretty good fun night. So hope to see some folks out there. I plan on going.
0: Okay, sounds good. Well, we've run long again for the sixty-third podcast in a row. Yay! Yeah, our uh, our affiliates won't like that, but screw <laughs> them. So uh, we'll wrap it up here and reminding everybody at home. On behalf of Alan Schneider, I'm C.C. Broadus. That gambling money ain't got no home.